Welcome to this week's message, a gospel track gospel from Luke 1, 1 through 4, here on Brit David Podcast. Pastor Tim states, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is a story of the plan of God to redeem the world to himself. Luke represents to us the Redeemer in that story, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's Pastor Tim. Amen. You can be seated. I sure am glad that you're here today. If you have your Bible, I hope that you do. If you'll take it, turn with me to Luke chapter number one. We're going to begin a new verse-by-verse series through the gospel of Luke. As you know, your Bible has four gospels that are in it, each of them appropriately named the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to John. Now, just because you have four doesn't mean that, uh, you know, that necessarily that we're so dumb we need it four times. There are four different writers. Uh, Notice that we say writers and not authors. There's only one author to the Bible. There are one author and many writers. So there are four different writers writing to four different audiences with four different purposes in mind. So you've got this uh, you, you've got this different perspective on the one glorious Savior coming through the minds and to the hearts of a groups of different people. For example, Matthew writes in the, in the most official kind of style, and he's writing to those that are the Jewish elites to let them know that this Jesus is the Messiah. He is the chosen one of God, the one that they've been waiting for. He's the king of all kings. Now Mark, when he writes, he writes his gospel in the quickest of styles. Mark loves the word immediately as he moves from one event to another. Mark is writing to Roman Gentiles. And if you remember, it's Rome that kind of had their thumb over the nation of Israel. And so surprisingly, Mark writes about Jesus as being the servant of God. In fact, he is the suffering servant that was prophesied in Isaiah. Now, when John writes his gospel, his is distinct from the other three, and his is the most simplest style. So he writes really to anybody, anybody and everybody who's willing to pick up his book and read it, he writes in such a way that they can pick it up and read it. And he writes to them in such a way that this one that's called Jesus is more than a man, he is the Son of God. And then you've got Luke, that's where we are today. Luke writes in the most detailed style. He writes meticulously. He writes with great points through his. But he's writing to common people. He's writing to common Gentiles, in fact, and telling them that this one Jesus, who is referred to as the Son of God, is also the Son of Man who can sympathize with them in all of their weaknesses, even as we understand them. And so, in fact, Luke will use that phrase, Son of Man, for Jesus 26 times throughout his gospel. It's his favorite title for him. Now, each one of them are writing to a different kind of audience. Really, the original audience for Luke is just one person. He's writing this entire thing to one guy. Look, if you will, there at the end of verse number three. He refers to him at the end of that verse as most excellent Theophilus. It's a Gentile name, isn't it? It's a Greek name. 
It's a name that means the friend of God. And so he is writing to this one person for a specific purpose. And if you want to know why Luke sets out to write this gospel, he says it explicitly in verse number 4. Look at what he says. O most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. In other words, that you would know the certainty of who Jesus is. So essentially, the Gospel of Luke is a 24-chapter gospel track. That's really basically what it is. Gospel tracks are incredible tools in the hand of a witness. I mean, you've got some that are like, like this one. This is one that Doug and Cynthia Lucas had made up for us. It's full of text. If you like to read, Man, that's your, kind of, that's your kind of track there. We love these that are a little bit more booklet style, and I like them because they got pictures in them, you know, and, uh, and it just goes through all of those different things. Uh, we, have, we have those that we'll put in the Ark in the Park uh, 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 trick-or-treat bags in just a little bit. But, but tracks, no matter what version they come in, is all, they're, they're all there so that they might show a person who Jesus is, why they need him, and how they can invite him into their heart and into their life. That's what, that's what every one of those tracks have in common. Now, the beauty of a track is, is that it can be used in so many different ways. I mean, you can, you can leave it somewhere for somebody to just find, you know. You can leave it today at your, uh, you know, when you go out to a restaurant. You can leave it on the table. By the way, if you do that, <laughs> leave that lady a good tip, you know. <laughs> Don't, don't think this is her tip, you know, this is not going to pay her bills. But, but give her that, give her a good tip. And, uh, or, or sometimes you can, you, can, uh, you can give them to a person and say, you know, maybe you could read this later, you know. Um, i tell you, one of the best ways you can use a track, and some of you are going to sit there and you're going to say, hey, no way. Tim, that never, that, that can't possibly work. You know, I know some of you are thinking that, because that's what I used to think. This guy came to our school one day, and he was talking about tracks, and he was talking about how he did that. And, uh, and I sat there and listened to him, and I thought, oh, uh-uh. I, I'm not, not going to try that. Nobody's, nobody's going to listen to that. This is a guy that had led thousands of people to Christ. You know what he does? He takes it and reads it. And just reads it. He turns the page, and he reads it. And he'll ask him questions along the way. When this asks a question, he asks a question. When this gives a Bible verse, he gives a Bible verse. When this shows an illustration, he points to it. You know? You say, there ain't no way people really listen to that. I guarantee you that they do. Try it sometime. All right? So we want to make tracks available. It's a great great tool. But I think the Gospel of Luke is kind of like that. So I'm not going to leave the Gospel of Luke laying around for you to pick it up and find it. I, I ain't giving you no tip. You know? And, and I'm not going to say just take it and read it sometime later. I want to walk you through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, not today, but we're going to take several weeks, we're going to look through this entire book together and see really what it is that Luke has to say to us about Jesus. Introduce him to us. Remind those of us who have not yet invited Christ to come into our heart, why do you need him? You know, maybe, maybe you wonder that in your own life, why, why do I even need Jesus? I'm doing just fine. This book will tell you why you need Jesus. It'll tell you how to invite Jesus to come in your heart and your life. It'll change your life for forever. 
Absolutely. That's what I want from this particular book. So let's get started in these opening verses, these introductory verses, if you will. So let's kind of use verse number four sort of as our, I guess, our theme for the message, if you will. He writes to Theophilus and says, I want you to be certain of those things. Well, that's what I want. I want you to be certain. I want you to have confidence. I want your faith to grow and to build, to be assured that this Bible that you hold in your hand, man, this is the Word of God. I mean, the God who spoke the world into existence speaks to you. He talks to you. He speaks to you directly and has everything to say to you that you will ever need for life and for godliness. Everything. So I want you to catch a hold of these things. I want you to be certain. So when he says, I want you to be certain of those things, there are at least two of those things that I want to point out to you today. The first one's this. You can be certain of the Bible's theme. You can be certain of the Bible's theme. There is a theme, there is a topic that runs right through the course of the Bible, beginning in the book of Genesis and ending in the book of Revelation. Some have described it as a scarlet thread that weaves its way through. And that weave, that thread, is Jesus. You say, well, I didn't think Jesus showed up till Luke chapter number (laughs) 2. No, man, Jesus has been here forever. He is ever existent. He doesn't have beginning and he doesn't have end. We see him in the book of Genesis when, when God is, is talking to Eve and he says to her, I will put enmity between your seed. He's talking about the woman. Between your seed. Did you know that there's only been one person ever born by the seed of a woman? That's Jesus. He's talking about Jesus, isn't he? All the way back in Genesis. I'll put enmity between your seed and the serpent's seed. And he said that serpent one of these days is going to bite the heel of your seed. But your seed is going to crush the head of that serpent. Man, he he prophesied that all the way back in Genesis. You get to see it happen in the Gospels. You get to see the after effects throughout the rest of the New Testament. For all of the Bible, it's telling you who Jesus is. Luke is no different. He continues to show us who Jesus is, presenting him to us. The Old Testament predicted Jesus. The New Testament, the Gospel of Luke, is going to present Jesus to us. All right? So let me give you three ways that he does that. Number one, Luke presents Jesus simply. He presents him simply. It's not hard. Man, we make things so hard and so complicated. In fact, we make the Gospel so complicated that regular people like me suddenly become afraid to share it because maybe we're not doing it right. Maybe somebody's going to ask me a question and I don't know the answer to it. It's not hard. You're just talking to somebody you love about somebody that you love. How hard is that? And you're talking to somebody that you love, a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, maybe somebody that you really don't even know, but you're talking to somebody that you love about somebody who loved you first and now you love them too. You just tell them about Jesus. You're just telling them about your life with Him. 
You're just telling them about not just your story, you're telling them his story. And anywhere you go in your Bible, you're going to find him. Jerry Vine's one of my favorite preachers of old. He quoted this little poem, I guess, little ditty, if you will. He said, I find my Lord in the Bible wherever I choose to look. He is the theme of the Bible, the center and heart of the book. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the lily fair. Wherever I open my Bible, the Lord of the book is there. Doesn't matter where you turn, doesn't matter where you're looking, Jesus is the theme of your Bible. And so when you look into the Gospel of Luke, He does so in a simple manner. When He writes and says, so that you may know the certainty of those things, He's saying, I want you to understand these things. Remember, it's kind of like the lady that we talked about last week that, was in our, that came to our prayer tent down there, at the, uh, down there at the Citizen Center. You know, she said, she's, she came in, she said, I, I've tried to pass my GED now six times on the math portion. You know, so what I expected was, pray for me that I'll pass the math portion. That would have been my prayer request, right? That's not what she prayed. She said, I want you to pray that I would understand math, <laughs> that I would understand the things that I'm learning. That's the same prayer here. We want you to understand these things about Jesus. So Luke presents him simply. Number two, Luke presents Jesus suitably. Suitably. Look, if you will, in verse number three. He writes there and he says, It seemed good to me also. So he's saying, This is something that suits my audience. Now, not everything does. You see that little word, also? that's in there. Luke recognizes and acknowledges that there had been other gospels, there had been other biographies, there had been other stories that had been written about Jesus. In fact, let's go all the way back up to the beginning of the chapter. Look at verse number one. Inasmuch as many, now there's a bunch, there's more than three, as much as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which are most surely believed among us about Jesus, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also. So you've got all of these gospel things or all of these biographies, these stories about Jesus that are floating around. Some of them are true. Some of them are not true. I mean, you can have confidence, and that's what he wants you to have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But man, when you hear a story about Jesus as a little boy, when a, a bird, you, you ever heard this story? The bird flies in, the bird dies, and Jesus picks him up. Jesus is a little boy, and he picks up the bird, and he brings the bird back to life. Eh, that ain't the truth. All right? So don't, don't fall for that. Listen, when I was a college student at University of Georgia, this movie came out about Jesus' life. And Jesus' life in this particular movie was so vile. I mean, the, the movie presents Jesus as having an incestuous relationship with his mother. It presents his disciples as being filthy-minded and filthy-mouthed. You know, I mean, it was a terrible movie. But it was a movie about Jesus on account of his life. It was just wrong. So you've got so many things now that begin to float out there about Jesus 
that aren't necessarily right. We find those things, don't we? You ever heard anybody say, Bible says Lord helps those who help themselves, right? Bible don't say that, does it? No. But we say, well, I know it's, it's got to be in there somewhere. Well, get in there and find it, okay? So Luke is saying, I want to do this in a way that is suitable, in a way that seems good, in a way that seems accurate. So if he's writing simply, he's writing for understanding. If he's writing suitably, he's writing for accuracy. He wants to make sure that Theophilus can be confident of the things that he puts on the paper. So Luke presents Jesus simply. Luke presents Jesus suitably. Number three, Luke presents Jesus systematically. Systematically. Again, look at verse number three. He says, it seemed good to me also... Having had perfect understanding, I want to come back to that in just a minute, of all things from the very first to write to you an orderly account. So Luke does it, even though he begins with the birth of Jesus and he's going to end with the resurrection of Jesus, he's not really interested in picking up the timeline simply of Jesus' life and saying chronologically, this is what happened, then this is what happened, then this is what happened, then this is what happened. Mark does a better job of that. What Luke sets out to do is to say, you want to know something? Jesus has power over nature itself. Let me share with you these miracles and these stories about that. Jesus has power over the devil and over demons. Let me, let me share with you some stories and some miracles about that. And so he writes an orderly account so that Theophilus can read that, get a great understanding of who Jesus is, suddenly sees his own need, and then says, I need Jesus in my life. That's what you want to do with a track. You want them to go all the way through that track and then understand, hey, man, if that's Jesus... That's somebody I need. I want to ask him into my heart. And then there it is, right there for him to do it. That's, that's what Luke wants. He, he wants you to be certain, and he wants Theophilus to be certain, first of the Bible's theme. Join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, A Gospel Track Gospel. Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.